So welcome to another edition of the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. Uh, it's great to be back. It's been a while actually since the last podcast, but the season here in the UK is swinging around. It's still in Yorkshire, what are we, uh, March, early March, it is bitterly cold, which is not unusual, but cricket is around the corner in about a month, so very excited about this. And we've got a bit of uh, something different this time, actually. So normally I interview um, someone from club cricket or an umpire or whoever it happens to be. This time my guest uh, is Ash Ash and Nutting, who is um, doing journalism at university and has done a, a placement with Cricket Yorkshire over the last couple of months. So, uh, well, first of all, nice to have you on the podcast, Asha. Thanks, John. It's uh, nice to be here. How are you? Yeah, good. Really excited. Um, and this is going to be, yeah, something a bit different. So what we're going to do is I'll, instead of me uh, yabbering away and sort of asking my questions, we'll flip it and Asha can quiz me on anything he likes to do with cricket. Obviously, it will probably be a focus on club cricket, uh, the season ahead, uh, and anything like that. Um, and yeah, I hope uh, for people listening, there's, um, there's people listening from around the world during the year. So it should be a good introduction to the cricket season here in uh, the UK um, and hopefully, yeah, some positivity and change ahead. So, uh, yeah, over to Asha, um, ask your questions <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm in the hot seat. Yeah, John, good to, good to be looking forward to um, getting your expertise and I'm sure the people listening are as well. And I imagine it's quite a refreshing change for you to be, uh, be questioned rather than doing the questioning. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it is. It's um, I don't do many of this kind of stuff. Occasionally I'll do like no. a radio interview or uh, obviously I write for different cricket magazines from time to time. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to this. Crack on. <laughs> no, yeah. So, well, we might as well start off quite generally then. I'll, um, I'll ask you, so your outlook on the Yorkshire cricket scene going into 2022. Um, how you looking forward to it? How are things faring? Yeah, um, I think, well, first of all, a lot more positivity. So it feels mad. Um, my wife kind of occasionally nudges me and sort of says, oh, I've had a Facebook reminder that two years ago this or whatever happened. And it has been around pretty much two years bang on since uh, coronavirus hit and everyone's worlds across the world changed. Mm -hmm. And certainly in the world of cricket, um, you know, it's been a really difficult kind of couple of years um, for all kinds of reasons, whether you're playing, whether obviously worrying about family and friends and work and all sorts of stuff. Um, and I, yeah, I think it, it will be really nice to get back to what whatever normality now is. It's certainly uh, here in England, we're hoping that it will be kind of restriction free and it will be relatively business as normal or albeit in the context that coronavirus hasn't mm. magically disappeared um so yeah i think it will hopefully feel a lot more positive um there'll be a lot more cricket played uh and it will just feel a bit more of a boost because we had obviously the the cricket world cup win and a lot of kind of enthusiasm at the end of sort of 2019 and and then obviously coronavirus hit and it was a big old blow wasn't it so um yeah yeah it's been how did you find here's a question I know you weren't expecting questions necessarily ping back at you but obviously we well listeners won't know but we kind of share a cricket club in Bingley um yeah. what was it like playing because I uh, that first year in 2020 I came and watched a few games locally but it was very disrupted wasn't it what, what was it like to play in no yeah it's been um it's it's been an odd, odd couple of years, definitely. I was about to say that to you actually. The obviously the first year of lockdown, once it got to kind of July time, obviously we were back out on the pitch, albeit yeah. with restrictions, and there was kind of a there was that excitement there because we hadn't been able to do anything. So it was it was nice to be able to get out, practice, play cricket, um, albeit very adapted. But I I think I definitely noticed personally last year it was after that initial excitement wore off after lockdown in 2020 yeah last year I kind of found a bit of a it was a bit of a slump season on a personal note and I don't know whether that's representative to people across the league to 
I expected this kind of bounce and for me to be still buzzing from the year before, but it was kind of a, right, I'm kind of a bit bored of these restrictions now, as, as necessary as they were. Yeah. It was all a bit staggered and the, you were constantly looking over your shoulder thinking, well, could the could sport be cancelled again at some point? Um, and you were sanitising every six overs. And it it was cricket again, but it, was, it wasn't our... Our, our idea of cricket um, and I don't know if you picked up on that watching but I just that being at the grounds at times just playing in the games it didn't feel like there was that energy there um, no that's a, yeah that's a really good point because I think covering it um, going to grounds and stuff I that's definitely something I noticed that there was cricket back but mm. it's like you said it, it, it was kind of halfway wasn't it because you had um, yeah the restrictions we came out and um, it was quite a confused year. I mean, on Cricket Yorkshire, I won my most pop well, my, my most popular article by far actually was one around the restrictions. So it was kind of March, this is happening, you're trying to make head and or sense of it. You know, are you a public ground or your private ground? Can spectators watch? Can't they? You know, can you serve food? Can't you? All sorts of kind of practical levels that clubs had to get their head around and then playing. Um, yeah, it probably felt uh, a bit flat, but I mean, that might be me because I was um, limited to kind of where I could walk to, frankly. I wasn't choosing yeah. at that point to go back onto public transport. Um, and so, I mean, I'm lucky, as you know, kind of around Bingley, there's actually quite a few clubs you can get to. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a disaster by any way, but no, I take the point that it was... Um, it was a weird and a weird sort of time, and I, I guess no. um, leading into this season, I'm hoping that that sort of writes itself, and people can feel more confident, comfortable going to cricket, and and just yeah, kind of enjoying it as much as they can in all the different ways that they can. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're far wrong there at all in terms of the. Um, I think that. One one big part of it was people through lockdown, etc., found, and not not necessarily lockdown. Last year as well, so long without cricket, a lot of people, I think it's fair to say, found other things to do with their Saturdays in a way. Yeah, sure. Um, which was a real shame. Which I guess if you've got a family in your in your thirties, club cricket doesn't exactly come first. Um, and I, I don't think you're wrong there. I feel like. Equally, don't get me wrong. I know I'm as a as a sportsman still playing. It's a it's a very fickle world as a sportsman. Um, it's no coincidence. I don't think that last year was the worst season on record for both the side I was playing in and individually for me for the last five years. So obviously take that with a, a pinch of salt in my opinions. But I, I I do think it'd be fairly unanimous across the leagues in terms of the interest being down in 2020 and 2021. Um, in terms of whether that's family commitments, finding other hobbies, lack of interest post-lockdown, adapted cricket, um, which actually quite nicely leads me into my next question to you. Um, mm-hmm. So 2022 is set to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, barring any craziness, uh, the first season without restrictions for three years. Um, do you think this, from your point of view as someone who covers cricket, do you think this could lead us to a bit of a resurgence of cricket on a Saturday and maybe a new hunger among players? Oh, um, well, it's mad just to kind of hear that for three years. It's amazing, isn't it? You kind of reference life and, you know, pre and post COVID. The amount of times I've kind of thought about a cricket ground uh, or maybe seen a past article I've written and thought, oh, that was in 2019 or whatever. And then you tack on those extra couple of years and you suddenly realise it's been five years since you went there or, or did that interview. Um, yeah, I think well, it's a couple of things, really. I think there will be um, an excitement, as I, I probably keep saying, and, a, and yeah, I suppose a resurgence because people will hopefully at cricket clubs be able to get people there to play and to watch and just socialise and enjoy it in a way that maybe wasn't possible as much before because of all the things we talked about around restrictions. So I do I do think there'll be a, a bump and hopefully if the weather behaves itself, um, that will help as well. Um, I, it's interesting from, a, I suppose, a kind of umpiring stroke 
behavior point of view, um, I was talking to someone involved in a league last year and they said towards by the end of the year, they actually a few leagues had told me this, that um, when they got back to, to playing cricket uh, and there was promotion relegation, um, some of the kind of behavior <laughs> dropped off of it. Um, to put it mildly and uh, I guess it was probably a little around kind of frustration of everything you know and that that kind of came out in the way people were um, so I'm hoping that people uh, on and off the field uh, enjoy the kind of freedoms that we get with a restriction-free kind of season um, and also very <laughs> chilled about it as well um, I'm just so excited um, We'll probably get to this around travel and stuff, but um, yeah, I just want to. I, I tell you one thing um, I've learned is that I have got a very bad habit of promising anyone I talk to that at a cricket club I've not vis visited before. Um, yeah, I'll come and see you this summer, and, and I, <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore because I do feel like that. But I, you know, I kind of realised I sat down. It's like right, I've got to visit seventy-five clubs this year. Um, but that said, I do really want to get out and see as much cricket as humanly possible, and uh, a variety, as you know, with cricket Yorkshire, I try and not just cover Premier League clubs and and stuff. Mm. To me, little villages in the middle of nowhere that play a couple of games uh, and it's all very casual uh, is just as important and. I suppose from a writing point of view, just as interesting. So yeah, yeah. No, it's nice to uh, nice to hear you've got that excitement because I know I'm excited for it as well. And um, as much as I wanted to avoid talking about restrictions, I thought doing a preview without it after the last couple of years, it it had to feature a bit. But yeah, yeah. let's uh, channel that excitement instead into the next question, um, which is more kind of on the field based. Uh, I don't think there's many people with the uh, knowledge of the different leagues in Yorkshire as yourself. Um, whether you like that or not, <laughs> yeah. in terms of proper Premier League, South Yorkshire, all all about Yorkshire, basically. Um, to you, is are there any clubs, individuals, um, little stories, just things that have caught your eye pre-season? Oh, um, I think. I mean, I I, um, I spend probably too long on Twitter, so I do sort of follow what individual clubs are doing and leagues and stuff. Um, always, I suppose from my point of view, I'm always looking for stories and, and stuff that's a bit different. Um, in a funny way, and this will sound a bit odd, but actually it's a good thing. I've kind of appreciated the normality. So there's an ebb and flow of the cricket season in Yorkshire. You know, you kind of finish and then um, it's a bit quiet. And then pre-Christmas, pre you've got some indoor cricket and then there's a lot more indoor cricket afterwards. And, and I guess what's caught my eye is not a sort of individual club or league. It's just the, the it feels like normality has already come back. So there's a lot more cricket being played at, uh, indoors, I'd say. Um, I think, yeah, more teams are forming um, leagues that do stuff. Uh, yeah, there's more of that. Um, so it's that kind of momentum shift, I think, from uh, everything that's been before. So there's that excitement. Um, I'm working with Cricket Yorkshire with a few commercial partners and they're doing some interesting stuff. So the uh, one that springs to mind is Frogbox who do uh, live streaming. So I've spotted quite a few clubs certainly interested in that and some of them are sort of sorting out the tech to do that. Um, so that and other kind of investments, whatever it happens to be, is a sign to me that well, first of all, the money's starting to flow and people are a bit more confident uh, and they're trying to invest and to get excitement going and feeling, um, yeah, feeling that momentum going through a season. So um, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, very interesting about the stream. And I think that's a topic for a set for another day. We can talk about much about it, but it's, yeah. it's nice to see. Yeah. As two people, I imagine you're the same as me, um, who have, I've tended to wax lyrical about the benefits of social media streaming for the last few years. And on a journalism course at uni, you, you, you have to. If you don't have it, you get left behind. Um, and I think streaming, definitely, there is something there for clubs at club level. Um, and so it's really nice to see actually that picking up. And you see even 
just viral clips on Twitter. The fella yeah. who put his uh, put his own windscreen through. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, yeah, that was a frog box thing. That was frog box. Yeah, it was kind of um, the interesting thing there. I suppose I'm interested from a kind of um, creating content point of view, but then also um, I'm always thinking about. Um, and we'll probably talk a bit about the e-course, but making money for clubs. So on its own, it's like, oh, that's great. That's a funny moment. But, you know, then it passes. It's like, so what? Um, but actually talking to the club, you know, they obviously it was a massive kind of interest in that particular clip. Um, first cricket media, then national media, then all over the world. Um, and that interest led to... Uh, extra sponsors and, uh, and obviously publicity for that um, sponsor <laughs> that fixed his windscreen. Um, mm. So yeah, the club can definitely benefit from that. So it's not just, I mean, creating content that's people like and want to sort of follow is, is great in itself. Um, but if you can then monetize that, um, then that adds another dimension, I think. So yeah, um, yeah, I think it's really exciting. I'll be interested to see how clubs use it and what they do. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll be, um, hopefully, maybe at another point we can have a chat about that generally because it does interest me a lot. Um, and it's, I don't think people on the surface, just kind of the everyday Twitter user, realises um, how such a, uh, a short clip can be then used and monetized, like you say there. Yeah, such a small viral clip can lead to more sponsorship. And yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on, we'll uh, we'll talk a bit about you specifically in Cricket Yorkshire. Um, simple, quite simply, can we expect to see you back out on your travels this year? Kind of taking things back to basics of, I think it's fair to say, where you started. Um, yeah. Are you looking forward to visiting anywhere in particular or going back somewhere? Or are there any trips that stick out in your mind that you want to revisit? Oh, that, that's about, yeah. Um, well... In, in answer to the first one, absolutely. Um, travel is such a, I don't know if I planned it this way, but travel writing and kind of that side of it is such a big part of Cricket Yorkshire. And mm. I did it because um, I didn't want to be a news website. Um, I appreciate that there's a, a place for that and there's, you know, local media and, and national media and stuff report on those kind of things. But um, I was more interested right from the start in kind of creating stuff you don't read elsewhere. Um, and part mm. of that is obviously getting out and about and, and meeting people and hearing their stories. But also, I really enjoy my photography. I do a lot of it and bits of video and stuff. And, and it's a way to show all these clubs and all these places to people that will never get there. Um, not just in other countries, but actually just in other parts of Yorkshire you know you if you play in a league um you tend to be quite and I don't mean this as a criticism insular you know you play the teams you play you may play in a, another competition maybe you play from you know a couple of other leagues in a in a cup or something but it tends to be very local so uh, the feedback I've got got over the years is that people really enjoy kind of just seeing what other parts of Yorkshire look like in terms of the cricket clubs and stories. Um, and that gives me, yeah, that gives me a real buzz actually. Uh, and selfishly, well not selfishly, but personally, uh, I just love travel. Um, I've obviously written a couple of cricket books about uh, that have a kind of travel focus to them. Uh, and I just think it's part of the, um, yeah, part of the, literally part of the journey. As soon as you leave your front door, kind of what happens and who you meet and, and obviously everything along the way. So um, really excited about that. Um, yeah, no, just, then, I'll just sorry, uh, say that it's nice to, before you tell me where you, where you fancy in a trip to, just it's, I think when I think in, obviously I've known you for many years now through, through uh, our club that we share. Um, and when I think of Cricket Yorkshire, I think of that initial kind of raw writing a bit more narrative um and I think of all wickets great and small and that kind of just like a chat with someone down the pub who's been out to watch the cricket um, yeah. and it's it, it's it's really nice to see Cricket Yorkshire expand and the brand deals etc but it's it's as well it'll be I look forward to this year especially and I'm sure you do that you you being able to get back out there because like you say you, you um 
travel's been a pain for two or three years. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be refreshing. I imagine for you it'll be refreshing as well to be able to go back out on your travels and write a bit more like that again, have have the opportunity to. Yeah, I definitely. I think if I was to level a criticism at myself, and I think it's just the environment, but over the last couple of years, I've probably been a bit too serious <laughs> uh, in my coverage. And it's the the nature of what's happening. You know, if you can't ignore something like a global pandemic. So I was, I had to slightly pivot my coverage and, and really as best as I could support clubs with uh, information and, and also tell how they're being affected and stuff. So that was the nature of where we were at that point. But I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, hopefully a bit more joy and a bit more travel where I get a real buzz, uh, not just actually clubs of entirely new, um, but, but ones I've not been to for ages because it probably feel new anyway. And um, as I say, because of COVID, actually it's a few more years than you, <laughs> you think. So I think places that I haven't been to before, um, Mrs. Fuller now has a set of wheels, which is hugely exciting because <laughs> I don't drive. So um, she's very generously promised to take me uh, all over the place, um, which mm. she may regret, but um it opens up a huge expanse. Obviously, for anyone who doesn't know Yorkshire particularly well, it's a you know it's a massive um, area, frankly, um, and there's hundreds of cricket clubs, you know, seven hundred plus. So, huge amount of choice. And actually, if you are on public transport, you can get most places if you're willing to do that and walk and stuff. But it, um, there are all sorts of places in Yorkshire where yeah, you just can't get to unless you drive. So uh, sort of taking that advantage. So, you know, there's little uh, clubs that um, are in sort of North York Moors or somewhere like that, yeah. or the Dales, where um, it will be a beautiful part of the world, which um, I've been to once or twice anyway, but to watch cricket there. Um, and yeah, just discover uh, probably... I'll, I do this from time to time, but actually now I'm sort of planning and, and going to do it. I'll probably put a call out on social media and ask for recommendations. Mm. Um, and then probably getting back to clubs that I've been to before, but many years ago. So um, one that actually that springs to mind in the Halifax Cricket League in West Yorkshire uh, is Copley. So... Um, I went to see them, I think, in 2012. Uh, and the reason I mention them is I'm writing an article at the moment about flooding and the impact of floods uh, on cricket clubs. Uh, and in West Yorkshire, uh, they've, yeah, they've been absolutely hammered, frankly. Um, there are certain clubs, uh, well, we'll both know, because Bradford Bingley and the Bradford Premier is one of them, uh, that have been you know, horrendously flooded time after time. Um, and Copley is in that category. So they have um, a beautiful modern um, clubhouse or, yeah, clubhouse rather than pavilion, really, um, that was built in 2012. And it, um, it, it's got a, a viaduct sort of behind it, uh, which is actually where I normally see it from. <laughs> so a kind of traffic <laughs> by train to and from Bradford or, or what have you on that line. Yeah. Um, and you can look down literally on the club and watch a bit of cricket as you as you tootle past. But um, it's a really, really nice place to watch a game of cricket. Uh, fantastic facilities now that they've got that built. Um, and they've had to go through horrendous floods. They really have. Um, but the people there uh, and all the support for it, um, it's just a, an inspiring place, really. Uh, and as I say, really, really nice to go and have a bite to eat and the sun's out, watch a bit of cricket. Um, so somewhere like that. And, and to be honest, I'll probably go back over my articles as a good kind of reminder um, of all the places I've been, or maybe read my own cricket book. I don't know. But um, <laughs> another place actually that rings a bell or a few places are, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love 
uh, not so much playing, but watching cricket up high. Um, yeah. so in, in the Craven League that you play in, um, somewhere like Denholm rings a bell, where I think I probably played a game with you. Did we play a game together in the Bradford Evening League? It's probably called something different now. I'd imagine um, so, something like that. Oh, that might have been my brother. Yeah, I've like got a memory of um, that. Um, a nice spot. Uh, I think Bingley Kongs were in the Premier League of this. Uh, so we're playing kind of <laughs> Bradford League sides, which was a bit of a shock. But um, but it's up high and the wind can get <laughs> seriously interesting. Um, so yeah. not as appealing to me, on certainly in April, um, playing cricket up there. But I do like, I love grounds where you can, you can be up high and you can see for miles. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, there's a few of those above Bradford, Queensbury kind of springs mm. to mind if you've, um, yeah, if, if you've ever been. It's just kind of a, a steep hill outside of Bradford. Um, and yeah, another but, one. Sorry, go on, you go. No, you're saying about, yeah, that's saying about High Up. Denham's always a nice spot for me. I like that one um, in terms of the view of the viaduct, definitely. Yes. Um, and I think I, I agree with you. It's nice. That scenery is part of uh, a makes any kind of away trip that little bit easier if you're traveling to get there. Um, yeah. I think I think I set my limit at Howarth West End to be honest, having played a season there. Uh, oh, I love yeah. that ground. That would put I like it, but it's too cold, far too cold. Oh, I bet you it's bitter. Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally on the you know, the sort of Bronte Moor, isn't it? So, mm. um. I haven't watched cricket there, but um, we've been there, obviously, to Howarth, and then you walk up the top onto the moor and along it, uh, past the, I can't remember the name of the reservoir, but you do go past the reservoir. If you're walking on foot, obviously, if you're in a car and you're going to a cricket match, it's probably an easier way. Um, yes. But it is just, it feels like it's on the edge of the world. You know what I mean? It kind of, yeah. just beyond it. It's kind of encased. It's a small, really small ground encased in a wall. I can picture it, and then just stunning kind of views um, of hills and stuff. But yeah, I can imagine it's bitterly cold because yes. even on a sunny day, and I think it was July, and it was hot. When the wind got up, it was like, oh blimey! Um, yeah, no, we. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this, but I remember doing something about it previously, and I'm pretty sure it's. It's definitely the highest above sea level in Yorkshire. If not, there's a wider... I won't say for the country, but it's up there. Yeah. Literally. literally um, yeah. But no, yeah, the, the, I think that's interesting you say about places you look forward to visiting. I think the uh, it's interesting you say about, you know, in the Dales, etc. It's nice to be able to go there and wander around in the first place, but to be able to kind of take in cricket there as well. I remember we played... We, we played in our under-17s at Bolton Abbey once and I was just kind of blown away by the, the facilities and the surroundings and I thought, yeah, not only people come here for days out and I'm actually getting to play cricket here and I remember a couple of years ago we travelled over to, I think it was Denby Dale and I remember thinking um, that the views from there of just over Huddersfield, I think it is. Yeah. Just little things like that and I just thought, we're so lucky around here to be able to play at these sort of grounds never mind visit them but then to get to play there as well and take in the uh, the scenery and the cold <laughs> yeah well it helps if um yeah if you go there and get smashed at least <laughs> if it's kind of uh, if it's a nice ground and uh, a nice tease or something then um i suppose it helps a little bit um yeah but no good views and uh, to be honest i could probably come up with a list of well dozens and dozens so it'll be really exciting I, I need to yeah. check out the fixture list see who's playing and then as you can imagine it's kind of always weather dependent you have a, a plan and it just you yeah. know you're traveling to you know Huddersfield just as you mentioned it and you know it's going to be completely wet suddenly and so it's like right let's scramble where else can we go who's yeah. playing? who's at home and that's part of what I do you know and I love it you know I love I love that part of it that um and there's always so much cricket being played you know within 10 miles of wherever you happen to be you know it's just that you always find cricket somewhere 
Yeah, yeah. Just before I move on to the last couple of questions for you, I think that it's just Yorkshire. You'll know this better than anyone. I think the 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 landscape of cricket in Yorkshire is so unique in terms of one week you'll be at, for example, if you're visiting clubs, you'll be at a a central Bradford old industrial style Manningham Mills sort of club, and then the next week you'll be at one up in the middle of the Dales. And then the next week you'll be at a little Craven League club, which is a bit more kind of town-based again. And then the next week you might be over towards Scarborough and yeah. kind of mm-hmm. over by the coast. It's it's such, I think it's such a unique, and I know I know every area has the diversity, but I think in Yorkshire it's such a unique kind of um, heritage to the cricket in terms of the, vet, the, the varying clubs and kind of their, their surroundings. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's what, when I moved to Yorkshire, which is around 11, 12 years ago now, um, I came up from London and it was, I had family up here, which is why I moved up here. So mm. I knew it a bit, um, but that's partly, well, lo- there's lots of reasons, but it's partly why I, I just love Yorkshire to bits. And that's because of the variety. So as you yeah. say, you, you know, even in a, a busy city or town, um, within sort of 10 minutes you can be out in spectacular countryside uh, and that that's obviously reflected in the cricket as much as anything else really yeah no yeah and just um a bit more on the kind of businessy side of cricket yeah, Yorkshire okay. for you so let's talk 2022 generally not just say to the end of the cricket season so for this year do you have uh, any particular goals hopes thoughts for cricket Yorkshire and also Tell us a bit more about your uh, your e-course and your commercial side and whether it's what it's like. I can't imagine, and I imagine lots of people don't really have that insight. What's it like for you trying to uh, generate revenue? Is it a tough time? Is, how, how, how are things going, basically? Yeah, okay. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about this before. Well, maybe I've, I've, in the past, not for a couple of years, I've done uh, a number of kind of talks at cricket societies where I explain what I do. Um, it is a bit different uh, because I'm not a big company um, with the resources uh, and then perhaps, you know, how they do commercial stuff. So to give anyone who's listening a, a flavour as to how I monetize it. So um, there are a few ads on the site, not many. Um, I come from an editorial background. I worked as an editor in a publishing company. Obviously, I've read cricket magazines and, and go on millions of cricket websites. So as a reader, that's always my focus. Um, so I don't see the point of writing and spending a day writing an article, publishing it, promoting it, and then, you know, clogging it with ads or or anything else for that matter. So I try and keep Cricket Yorkshire as clean, as kind of reader friendly as possible. That doesn't mean to say there won't be some ads but it has to be around the content not instead of the content um and so there's a few of those um but generally i kind of like to partner with companies or charities or organizations through a year so that you can kind of write about them you can maybe offer a competition there's lots of ways i can kind of help promote them um and this year to give you a flavor um i'm just thinking of the the partners I've got for Cricket Yorkshire. So um, Aston Lark, who are an insurance company. Um, and it's been a lot easier, actually, than I thought it was going to be writing about insurance, which is no mean feat. You can imagine it's not perhaps the most thrilling of subjects on the surface. But um, yeah, the, the guy Colin there um, just knows his cricket. He's a coach in Surrey. Um, he's he just understands club cricket inside and out. So we've kind of collaborated a few times on that, which has gone really well. Um, and they've got a prize draw, I think, till um, the end of April. Uh, so if you get a quote, you enter a prize draw for £1,000. So things like that are an easy kind of message, I suppose. Um, so there's, yeah, there's that. And then um, I mentioned the live streaming before so um i'm kind of tend to work with cricket club um related goods and services which sounds obvious all players obviously anyone who plays cricket um so the streaming was something that i just i think it it's a huge potential for any cricket club um 
So, and also the video content that Frogbox have are going to be really useful for Cricket Yorkshire to share clips throughout the year. Um, and so, yeah, it was a really good partnership. I was super sort of thrilled to work with them. Um, and again, I'm kind of, we'll probably mention the e-course in a sec, but I'm always interested in the money side of um, cricket, not, um, well, to put it bluntly, if cricket clubs don't earn, they don't deliver cricket. So, you know, no one should be shy about that. The more you earn, the more you can deliver cricket, improve facilities, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, just to just to jump in there, with yeah, go on. Because obviously, from a cricket club point of view, it seems from um, the way you're going, and also just clubs generally, there's a lot last few years of. Um, people trying to kind of think outside the box and explore kind of revenue streams that they didn't know existed. For example, like you say, with the the, the, the partnership with, is it Aston Lark, did you say? Yeah, Aston Lark, the insurance. Um, for example, from the outside looking in, I don't think anyone reading one of your pieces would think that a source of revenue would be an insurance company for you. But it's kind of, it seems when, you, when you're running your own site like you are, you have to kind of, go out of your comfort zone, be proactive and find new sources of revenue. And I think that's a lesson. I know we'll come on to that with the e-course when we talk about it, but I think it uh, seems like quite a, a valuable lesson to clubs out there as well. And a lot of clubs seem to be going that way in terms of how they can kind of explore new streams of revenue, like the streaming, et cetera. Because um, it's, it's not just about turning up in April, taking your club uh, taking your membership fees for the year and that's your source of revenue and then your bar money there's there's so many different kind of um categories to explore in terms of revenue so yeah it's it's interesting that it seems to be going that way not just for yourself but also across club level it's all becoming a lot more say professional i think i've noticed yeah i couldn't agree more the um i mean yeah for many clubs they they run as a um a business don't they that you know they they bring in enough money and they've got enough people who are members and stuff that it you know it's a, a serious kind of endeavor so anything you could do to bring more money in um and i yeah i'm always looking at that and and the live streaming is an obvious one there is a cost to it obviously you've got to buy the kit and then there's an ongoing kind of license um and the way i tend to look at that yeah, or anything else frank frankly um, is how do you raise that money? So, you know, if you if you think it will make a real difference to your club, it will maybe bring more people into your club. Someone might join up if they think, well, that club has live streaming, that club doesn't. I, I don't think that's unreasonable to assume um, might happen. Um, so you look at the cost and you just like, right, how can we raise that money? Um, and that's my approach to... I suppose helping clubs um, is how do we raise that money rather than it's uh, yeah wow that's let's pick a figure that thousand pounds we'll never raise that um, I think you can always you can always make more money I think that's a kind of message to clubs um, the the challenge actually is time um, because volunteers are under huge pressure and loads and loads of clubs. Uh, are run by a very small amount of volunteers that do all the jobs. So, uh, yeah, they don't have spare time, frankly. Um, and that is the biggest challenge. It, it's kind of, it's not that they don't want to make more money or they don't want to do X, Y, Z. It's like, I've got a million things in my head. Um, you know, I already spend evenings and weekends doing this. Um, can I even think about that thing? You know what I mean? So yeah. um, that I think that, yeah, that's a, a challenge. I, I mean, in terms of, you mentioned the insurance company earlier. Um, I, as a writer, which I guess we bring it back to the journalism side for you. Um, I love a, I love a writing challenge. So yeah. yeah, whoever, when I go to a company, I obviously approach them. Sometimes companies come to me and I'll sort of weigh up a partnership, but often I'm, approaching company I'm very targeted you know I've got to see that there's a benefit to the readers that um, it's a really relevant fit so usually club cricket related uh, and I sort of audit them frankly um, to see if they're as good as I hope that they are um, before I work with them 
because well for all the things that you should do but also as a, as a writer then you can write in such a way that I think um, feels natural and you can be I suppose selling it in a, a unapologetic way if you believe in the product and service and what have you um, in the case of streaming obviously I do um, and so with something like insurance it was um, finding an angle um, if you just sort of wrote a thousand words on buy this insurance well everyone's going to turn off but if you look at the challenges clubs have with insurance um, uh, in that case I know we're talking <laughs> quite a lot about insurance but it's just an example oh, yeah, yeah, it's an example. Um, it, one challenge is clubs kind of uh, underinsuring so they kind of look at what um, the, the cost is and they think well I won't ensure that bit, that's not likely to happen. Uh, and then, you know, they end up not being protected in bits bits of their policy, which again comes down to cost and I completely get that. Um, it's a challenge. But so I've got my write, um, writing challenge is kind of um, getting across some messages, whatever they happen to be, in a way that's hopefully um, vaguely entertaining, stroke, accessible. Um and whether you're writing editorially, um, you know, going to a, a ground to kind of visit and just enjoy it, or whether you're writing about insurance or streaming or websites or anything else. Um, I love that challenge. It, it just means that every single week is different. Um, and uh, yeah, it keeps it fresh, I think. Mm, yeah, definitely. And just uh, before I ask you the final kind of more trivial question, just... Uh, <laughs> Just an opportunity to t tell us a bit more about the e-course because that's kind of led us into it perfectly in terms of, um, I think, from what I've gathered and seen of it advertised, your e-course is all about kind of you trying to pass on a bit of um, your expertise and experience on creating revenue, I think. Is that about right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the e-course is actually called Make Money for Your Cricket Club, so it kind of does what it says on the tin. Uh, mm. And it was a number of years of uh, development. Um, I, it was certainly pre-COVID, although COVID came along and then it became even more important, I would argue. Um, and it comes from my experience um, with getting involved in every cricket club I've ever played for. So I've played in a number of counties from Somerset, where I was born and kind of grew up, to London and around um, there, Surrey and Middlesex, and then up to Yorkshire. So... I've always uh, raised money for a club where I've been um, and sort of got involved in that side of things. Um, and my background actually before that, as I mentioned, a sponsor sponsorship company. So uh, I was a publisher, but we did sponsorship awards and various stuff. So yeah, I always had that interest. Um, and, and through Cricket Yorkshire, I kind of see what clubs do well and maybe not so well where they could uh, improve. Um, and so the e-course is all that scooped together, um, and my experience over 20 odd years in mm -hmm. grassroots cricket. Um, and the idea was to, to offer something that's bite-sized because people are busy, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and it kind of looks at membership, it looks at sponsorship and fundraising and getting grants and fun funding. So, so different elements, um, people can dip in and buy a module or they can do the whole course. Um, and yeah, I think it's still early days on that. I, the, the feedback has been really good, which it was a step into the unknown. Obviously I'm known primarily as an author and a journalist and kind of writer. And this was more, I suppose, club education. Um, so I think it will take time to bed in, but the people who've done the course, um, uh, or, or are doing the course at the moment are kind of really enjoying it and seem to be happy to kind of be quoted as that um, and I guess I was nervous you know you don't know what people are going to say you hope that you're adding value and obviously they've invested in it um, but yeah so far so good it's been it's been really good and um, I think it's a bit of a mindset shift for clubs that are maybe used to investing in a an umpire's course or scorers or whatever in person Mm. Um, looking at something that is new um, where they could make more money but I guess they have to invest some time to do the course um, and thinking you know do we are there areas where we want to learn or we could do with some help with um, 
So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it, um, I think it ties in with what we were saying earlier in terms of people can be very hesitant to put money into something where they can't see maybe a physical product in their hands. You know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, it's the way kind of the modern world's going and the way creating revenue is going, and uh, people wouldn't be so hesitant if they knew they could have that pile of cash in their hands. Um, I think it's. It is, it's, it's an interesting thing and I think that um, it must be nice for you to get positive feedback because it's that jump from when you're writing on Cricket Yorkshire, no one has to pay you a penny to go and read your kind of website. No one has to pay a penny to read your articles. And so even if someone doesn't like an article, they can click off and they have no right to kind of complain about it because it's free of charge. Um, but I guess as, 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 as much as you have the wealth of knowledge and you... you, you you seem to back yourself. I guess as soon as you start to put a price on your knowledge and a product, you then become more nervous and more wary of feedback because people are expecting more, I guess, aren't they, once there's a price on it? Yeah, I think it changes the dynamic. Um, I guess you have to, like with anything really, you've got to stand behind your expertise um, and explain the benefits. It's kind of the usual stuff really with selling anything. Um, Mm. And then you know, ultimately it's up to, a, in this case, a cricket club to decide whether they want help, whether they can afford it, whether they want to pay, uh, whether they want to chat to me and learn a bit more or anything else in the kind of mix, really. So, um, no, it's it's um, it's still relatively new, but um, I'm kind of encouraged that the initial response has been really good. Um, and it, it'll just take time, like anything, really. Uh, and I'll just kind of... Um, yeah, I keep mentioning it from t- time to time alongside the um, the kind of journalism. Um, and I think just to th- going back to what we talked about earlier, um, with the income generation side of what I do, um, mm. I've really enjoyed the kind of learning about different ways to do that side of it um, while keeping your integrity, which isn't easy. <laughs> Um, this to give you an example I'll get um, offers to um, well betting companies all around the world all the time Um, I'm not judging anyone who does betting or likes to do betting but it's just not something I choose to do on Cricket Yorkshire because I think there's enough of it out there Um, Mm. so I immediately sort of cut off that side of income Um, it's not me thinking I'm better than anyone else. It's just a kind of personal decision, really. Um, but you do have to earn income how you find it. So it's then, right, what else can I do and how do I adapt and what do I choose to try and earn? Um, and, and actually sponsored articles, which I do um, during the course of the year, have proved really popular because... I get to write how I write. So it's not a company giving me a press release and saying, just whack that on your site and publish it. Um, I'll interview them or I'll talk about a product, but I'll do it in my way. And I have complete control over that. Um, And as I said earlier, it's an opportunity to earn, but also, um, yeah, write in such a way that feels kind of genuine and hopefully authentic. Um, Yeah, it seems, um, and as well, you've kind of cracked that uh algorithm of being able to do sponsored articles but kind of write the way you write and not have to compromise your integrity because you see a lot of uh you can tell straight away online when an article's a sponsored article and people kind of not writing the way they usually do but it seems yeah from from editing bits of stuff for you it's it it seems like you don't have to kind of compromise anything with them so that's um that's always nice and it must be nice for you as well um but yeah, the um, in terms of the questions, final one. I thought I couldn't really. <laughs> we done pretty really, well here. Yeah, we have. I thought I I couldn't really speak to you. It'd be silly to to not ask you about uh, as as the expert of Yorkshire cricket tees. Um, <laughs> obviously, this year it's going to be cricket tees going to be back, and it's it's as trivial as an issue it is as it is. It's a big part of cricket, club cricket, um, in terms of traditions and slight bit of revenue maybe for clubs um and there's been a lot of talk i know certainly at our club and i imagine it's the same across yorkshire and the country of um being pro or anti-cricket team now is it 
is it a is it unnecessary should people just bring their own food or is it a nice kind of tradition that we should try and keep and um i don't i just want to kind of get your thoughts are you excited to get stuck in again i presume you're in the the pro cricket tea camp <laughs> returning um and yeah, yeah just any notable ones to date as well just okay um well I'll answer the first racing. yeah um obviously i'm in the pro cricket tea camp um i don't know how it's developed really but um i i guess it's the travel writing style that you kind of write about what you experience and obviously cricket teas is part of that and i always like to buy a cricket tea while i'm at a ground um despite the fact it has to be said that if I'm writing about a club, the number of people are just generously saying, oh no, we'll give you a tea and I'm desperately trying to give them money. Um, but yeah, I've become, I suppose, well, certainly pre-COVID, I think that's kind of knocked that on the head quite abruptly. Um, but I was known for sort of writing about cricket teas and, uh, and also celebrating those that do it. Um, it's a really interesting one. So I think because of COVID, um, as you mentioned earlier, the subject of cricket tees is really divisive and you wouldn't necessarily have thought it, but actually when you dig into the detail, um, it's a relatively even split between clubs that are just delighted, not because of COVID, but essentially delighted that some opportunity came along where they didn't have to do it anymore. They weren't compelled to because uh, maybe they're that one person that has to butter you know millions of pieces of bread in the morning and and do all this other stuff for a, a cricket tea they don't get the help um it costs too much money it's too much hassle and stress whatever the reasons and there are all of those plus other ones um i get that i completely get that i've been um i don't know if i <laughs> on the podcast i've given this story before but and you may have played in this game, but we did a cricket tea at Bingley Kongs uh, and me and my wife um, did one and it rained. So we'd spent all morning, uh, I'd baked like, you know, uh, you know how it is. If you do it one, yeah. you want it to be like the best cricket tea anyone's ever made. <laughs> so I, I, I baked um, a kind of lemon cake, lemon drizzle cakes and all sorts. Um, and this mountain of food, we made way too much and we, it just turned up and yeah, it'd been raining and then it, they just called it off and it looked like everyone was about to kind of jog on. And I lit, oh, I almost barred the door and locked people in and said, look, <laughs> eat this tea. We spent like yeah. four hours doing it. Um, so, yeah, I do understand that side of it. Um, but equally, if you do it well, it can be a very good uh, income earner and, uh, and also is just part of the experience if you talk to well I was going to say if you talk to all cricketers but again it's split but lots of cricketers like going to a club where they do a good tea it's just part of playing or an umpire for that matter you know you know the clubs that put on a good spread um, and it's certainly the same with me and what I do so uh, I have a sweet tooth there is no if you read Cricket Yorkshire and know it, then you'll certainly see cakes mentioned prolifically. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I will always seek out whatever cakes they're doing. Um, and and this year, to be honest, I, I have really, really missed cricket teas. It will sound silly, but the first thing, obviously, because of COVID, they did when cricket tea, uh, sorry, cricket came back was to say, right, bring your own. You can't, no one can serve them. And then kind of last year, it was a hybrid, wasn't it? You you could theoretically have done teas, but I think a lot of clubs didn't feel comfortable doing it because there was millions of regulations around it. Um, so I just felt as a spectator, and I appreciate this isn't running a club, uh, it felt a bit soulless. It felt a bit depressing because you, you got yeah. to tea and everyone disappeared to their cars and then, uh, either didn't emerge at all <laughs> if it was a cold day or they came back and kind of ate in clusters and it, it didn't have the social side it's not that people weren't being social of course but uh, as an observer you know sometimes it felt a bit kind of um yeah we'd lost something um yeah it's not just about um, food is it it's the social side no yeah i think it adds as well like you say as a spectator yeah spectator especially 
well, it adds another element to your day, doesn't it? It's a long time to sit for 40 overs and watch a game. It gives you something to kind of look forward to. Um, I think it's interesting you say about the hybrid there. I think that that really should be the way forward. That um, I think clubs should be encouraged to still do tees. It's a nice tradition if you can do it, if you've got the uh, facilities, if you've got someone willing to do it. But I think as well, well, if you force everyone to do tees, you ultimately end up with something a bit mediocre sometimes. So it just wastes yeah. everyone's time. And I think that there should be some... So leagues need to, I think, personally, this is just my opinion, put some kind of thing into their... Um, not manifestos, what's the word? Um, I suppose it's their constitution, yeah. isn't it? Or constitution, that's the word. Saying, as long as, say, the away club is notified... 72 hours in advance, whether there'll be tees or not, it's fine not to. Because I think that is the way it's going, isn't it, unfortunately? Um, and you'd rather, like you say, take you'd, ra- you'd rather know and take your own food than turn up to something rubbish. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just a waste of everyone's time. And I think it's as well, it's interesting you say about that, it's, it's all kind of depends on the club individually. I know there's clubs you'll have been to where, for example, Airedale, where you've been, where they still have that kind of old-fashioned feel with the the tea ladies who do the do the hard the, the hard work and make these staggeringly good teas. And I know I've heard tales of people playing in Central Bradford with tea ladies who have made ridiculously tasty curries and things. And it's like then you go to other clubs and you think this is worlds apart. Um, as I guess, yeah, like you say, it's it's all kind of. I think it should be more of a hybrid thing. And it's all kind of yeah. depends on the individual club. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and I think leagues have grappled with this uh, and all done different things. But essentially, um, you get into trouble if you impose stuff without asking clubs, which uh, yeah. I assume leagues are doing. They're sort of asking their member clubs, what do you want to do? And then coming up with a kind of blanket ruling based on what clubs have said they want. Um, and I guess the hybrid is giving people the choice. So not forcing people to either all do teas or no one does teas. But as you said earlier, it's just got to be communication. So it's not unfair. Yeah. You know, people aren't paying for teas they're not using. People aren't going to the effort of making them and people aren't buying them. You know, that, mm. it just, it's just common sense. Um, so you it's common sense for both. Yeah, like you say, with the common sense as well, it's common sense in terms of, I think it'd make it a lot easier as well. Say it gets to Thursday, Friday night, and it's absolutely the weather forecast is for it to absolutely belt it down all Saturday. Well, if you kind of had that bit more flexibility, you could maybe captains get in touch and say, right, we're not doing teas this weekend because it's looking like we could be off anyway. But please bring your own food, basically, if we do end up by some miracle going ahead. Um, yeah. It, it'd all just be. It, it doesn't need to be such a rigid set of rules, does it, I think? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, as long as both captains kind of uh, know on behalf of the clubs what's going on. Uh, and there's, yeah. a, I suppose, an element of fairness as much as you can do these things. Um, and, yeah, I think in terms of clubs, uh, I'll be interested to hear, um, hear from anyone listening to this on the podcast or maybe on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, I'll give you all the um, handles in a sec, but I'd love to hear um, who does the best teas in your league, which I know is pretty controversial. And it might be an easier thing to say now if not everyone's doing teas. But um, yeah, what's what's the best tea you've ever had, Asher? Um, individually. It's hard to remember my favourite individual one, but in terms of consistency... And I know this is uh, betraying my current club, but it, consistency, it has to be Airedale. And I know you've yeah. been there for him before. Um, Denholm have done some good ones in the past. I know that. Um, we've had some, yeah, we've had some tasty ones there. And But yeah, I just think consistency-wise, it is Airedale for me. Yeah, they're lovely there. I, 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 it's a really nice ground to go and visit. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, very friendly. And um, when I went and wrote an article for Cricket Yorkshire that it wasn't, they didn't know I was coming. That's the first thing to say. It's not like they've pulled out a load of cakes. I Um, think I was playing that day, wasn't I? Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Um, 
but the cakes were unbelievable. It was fantastic. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, I tell you what it is as well. It, I like the variety. So I am just as at home and delighted. So I used to play for Shipley Prov yeah. in the, I think, I don't know if they switch leagues. They used to be in the Dales Council League, sort of uh, for anyone listening to this that doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, Shipley is a town on, on the way to Bradford from um, yeah, Skipton and the kind of Yorkshire Dales, so along that line geographically. But um, they used to do curries a lot at Shipley Brov. Um, and it was, yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. Um, I, and that's what I like about cricket tees. Uh, it's not just, oh, you know, I'm going to write 500 words on why this lemon drizzle was amazing. Um, it's just it, it represents different areas doesn't it because if you're in a city uh, city ground then you might have an amazing curry which um, we probably both have before um, and yeah I kind of I don't see much of it and I probably don't seek it out but um, I wonder if there's more kind of regional variants you know if you're in Sheffield or if you're in um, Bradford or wherever it happens to be you know is that do cricket tees nowadays reflect um, that era? Probably not. I, I imagine once upon a time, historically, maybe they did a bit more, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, yeah, it's no. interesting. And it's like, like you say, those, the good days you talk about, those are the ones that then make you think, oh yeah, this is this needs to keep going, the cricket tees, doesn't it? But fortunately nowadays, not everyone has the facilities or the time to be doing it. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's certainly a divisive subject, like you say. You wouldn't ever think that a few sandwiches on a plate, not to do it injustice, but you wouldn't think it would be such a pressing issue that divided people. Like you say, I've noticed as well, it does always seem to be very, very 50-50, more than ever. But, um, it's a strange one, definitely. Yeah, it is. No, it is. Um... Oh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I think I'll wrap things up there for us. Um, I'll pass over to you in a minute. I'll just say... It's been really good fun interviewing you. And I think it'd be good if we could do it every now and then. I think it'd be nice as well. I know as a reader and a contributor to you, that I imagine people have had enjoyed being able to listen to you as opposed to listen to you asking the questions to people. It's nice to kind of hear from the actual face of Cricket Yorkshire for a change as opposed to you interviewing other people for the site. <laughs> yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a bit different, isn't it? I mean... I suppose the podcast, you know, is a bit of a chat both ways. But um, when you're asking the questions, as you've done, um, I guess you try and uh, let the other person, whoever's the the guest on the podcast, um, have their say and and stuff. So you don't want to be dominating too much. So it's been nice to kind of flip it and uh, rabbit on and hopefully <laughs> offer something a bit different to people who... Um, yeah, may not know certain things about Cricket Yorkshire and uh, we've certainly covered a lot on this particular podcast. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for that. I've really enjoyed it and um, hopefully have you back and you can quiz me on other stuff in future. Yeah, maybe in a, who knows, in three or four months time once the season's started and we've got a bit more to chat about and you've been to places a bit more and you've, uh, you'll have a you'll have a new fresh set of stories to tell in when it comes to me asking you for the best tea or trips that you've been on that you've enjoyed. So uh, now hopefully I look forward to doing another one. Excellent. Okay. Um, well, yeah, thank you very much to Asher for that. Um, wherever you're listening in the world, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it um, gave you some ideas as to, well, obviously what Cricket Yorkshire is about, um, but also the season that's been um, and we're looking forward both of us to really getting stuck in and, and playing and watching cricket here in Yorkshire for the 2022 season, which is what it will be. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for the, uh, your company on the podcast. I guess I ought to mention just before I leave uh, for this episode, that if you don't already follow me on um, either Twitter or Facebook, which are the, the two obvious ones, um, that's kind of where I hang out quite a bit online in terms of sharing content, but also uh, chatting about cricket from time to time and asking questions and all that kind of stuff. So if you like the podcast, if you like Cricket Yorkshire and, and you do social media, then by all means follow um, at Cricket Yorks, Y-O-R-K-S, which is the Twitter handle. 
Uh, you can search the Cricket Yorkshire Facebook page. It's just facebook.com slash Cricket Yorkshire. Um, and yeah, it'd be really nice to sort of have your company on there and, and say what you think of the podcast or what you think of uh, the articles and sort of strike up conversations there. Uh, and if you've not been on in a while, maybe you've been in hibernation like a hedgehog and over winter. Um, and yeah, you're just emerging, you're getting really excited about the cricket like we are then um yeah hop onto cricketyorkshire.com have a read there's stuff every week uh, i'm releasing new content and articles and interviews all the time so i hope you enjoy that so uh yeah until next time it's um it's been really nice to have your company and we'll catch up again soon